I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and tell me what to say, but don't tell me what to say. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and I could snap you like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Oh, oh with that little, so like that, that thumb. Yeah, <laughs> And Nia Vardalos is like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> the way that she also reacts to it is, oh, uh, oh perfection, perfection, because, you know, it's Andrea Martin. And yes, uh, I am so excited to queen out on Andrea Martin and, you know, maybe other some, some other ladies as well. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to. Hard not movie, to. Uh, and of yeah. course, we are talking today about my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, yes. The feel-good independent blockbuster from 2002. Yeah, phenomenon, really. It's like one of the highest grossing films of all time. And I had to like look up what that meant because it's not necessarily the highest. It Basically, it had the lowest budget but made the most money, mm-hmm. right? If that's, that's how we're looking at this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It had like a budget of like $6 million and then like domestically it made like $356 million or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, you know, and I was thinking about it watching it like what, like, and I don't mean this in like a backhanded way, but like why? Like what was <laughs> it that just made this little movie that is fairly straightforward and yeah. charming and accessible, and maybe that's why. Uh, all, maybe all of those are reasons why. But like, it it's not like. I mean, this often in terms of independent movies gets compared to like the Blair Witch Project in terms of like yes. low budget, huge success. But there was something kind of new and exciting about the Blair Witch Project. There was a a sensationalism to it, and that's there true. is like no sensationalism to my big fat Greek wedding. It's just like. You know, it, it, what what you see on the plate is is what it is. You know, it's you know, there's no surprises really. Yeah, I actually have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I before we get into that too, when did you see this movie in the theaters? What what was your experience with it? Because mm. I I have of course I have my own answer as well. But um, tell me about it. Walk me through it. That's a good question. I don't think I saw this in the theaters. I feel like this is something that. I mean, I could see this being like a thing that definitely a VHS, maybe DVD, probably VHS rented from Blockbuster somewhere (laughs) in the early 2000s. I feel like that was my experience with it. I don't. And it actually may have not even been till like college, which um, which I guess was the early 2000s was 2003 to 2007. So this could have also been like a Friday night in like sophomore year at Ithaca college with my, you know, friends, the four of us who didn't drink, you know, ordering pizza and renting my big fat Greek wedding and watching it in someone's dorm room. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that visual. Yeah. That may or may not be real. That's my sort of glass menagerie sure. remembrance of it. But I know, right? Uh, let's assume that's the story. Yeah. I remember this movie was big. This, I, I mean, I will say this. Um, this is probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It might even even be top five. Wow. To be wow. I know. And I never really talk about it that much either, too. You'd think that I would have mentioned it you know, a couple dozen times, either on here or even like on Squirrel Friends. Um, But as far as just like movies that I can put on and like, I know it's almost like Mean Girls Mm -hmm. um, or um, I'm trying to think of something else off the top of my head, but I can't. But just something that I could put on. I don't have to watch. I've seen it so many times. I actually just, uh, it's a great way to watch it. I just fast forwarded to all the Andrea Martin parts because I've Mm -hmm. seen the rest of it countless times um but i saw this in the movie theater and i saw this with my entire family and with my by my entire family i mean like you know my mom dad maybe my brother was with us my grandma came maybe a couple aunts but it was that kind of movie it was Mm -hmm. the movie you saw as a family and i think honestly when we're thinking about you know why was this movie uh so popular is it's just because it has that universal idea of like I don't I mean there is something simplistic in the idea of just like daughter gets married mm-hmm. that's really what it is that's daughter it. gets married yeah. yeah that's all that it is mm-hmm. um but within that there is this and I think it really kind of deepened for me when I met Keon mm-hmm. because it's one of his favorite movies of all time too and I he has his own separate story too which is like a beautiful story it just has this um like his whole family went and saw it and like his grandmother just like cried at the end because she said it was this is so much like your mom's wedding and it brought Mm. me back to these uh, these memories and I feel like as far as just the sort of like that immigrant narrative of like being a kid and always like especially um, you know, Keon, he used to bring Lebanese food to lunch. Right. And everyone made fun of him. So, like, the whole, like, muskaka moment is, like, so... It, like, rings so true to him and just trying to survive. And, like, he translated everything for his family because he was, like, one of the... His, his parents took classes, but it's easier for kids to learn English. Right. So he picked it up a little bit quicker. And still to this day, he does translate um, things for his parents, too, as well. So there, there's this whole... Like, and his mother is Lainey Kazan. There is no question about it, too. So once I formally met his family and, like, was kind of immersed in that for, like, a week or a weekend when I first went to New Hampshire, I was like, oh, this is this is exactly my Big Fat Greek Wedding. And I, I get why this means so much to you. Um, and I think that that's kind of what it means. Like, anyone who has that sort of narrative of moving to the States and starting on their own and just kind of raising children and hoping, (laughs) hoping they're doing the best, but also like the kids are going through it just as much as the adults. Um, And then throwing a wedding on top of it. That's sort of my, I guess, thesis statement as to why this was so, why just, uh, why it hit as the kids say uh, nowadays too, and why it was so popular. That makes sense. I mean, it's, even though it is like so, like there are these specific things about being Greek and these kind of like Greek jokes. I feel like it's there's the template of the immigrant family. There's the oh, te- like, yeah. and that's more it's universal. Italian people. It's yeah, Greek, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so much. And so I feel like that all makes perfect sense. And yeah, like it's a movie that 
the entire family can go see together and like everybody gets something out of it. And, yeah. uh, and I also feel like there's just, there's a certain sense of humor to it where like, I think of my parents, like at the end when Ian's father says to his mother, like, come on, Harry, when they go to dance, that's yes. a joke that my parents would love. That's like their kind oh, of humor. Yes. Like, yes. I was like, oh, this is pitch perfect for like, you know, any, any, you know, any middle-aged parents, even if they're not immigrants, it's like, oh, this is such parents' humor. And yeah, I think my grandma like repeated that in the movie theater. She says, "Oh, she called him Harry." Right. Or he called her Harry. Yeah, right. that was a big deal. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, because I I obviously hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, it, does this like as it was getting closer to the end, I was like, I swear I had a memory again, like just imagining how things were, whether or not it's true that at some point. There would be the cliche of like Ian getting cold feet and being like, it's too Greek for me and like needing a moment. But that doesn't even happen. Like it's yeah, there is quote unquote conflict with her father and, and the whole thing of her marrying someone who's not Greek and, and you know, all of the that, you know, quote unquote drama. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really stop anything. It's just kind of like a it's like a detour along the way. Sure. And I think that that also lends to the rewatchability of this and to like, even like in when it was in the theaters, cause it was in the theaters for like a year uh, yeah. to go back and see it again, because it's like, Oh yeah, this is like a, an entirely pleasant experience from soup to nuts. Yeah. And I feel like it's a cool, like hour and a half. It might be a little longer. It might be even a little short. I'm not even sure, but it moves so well. Yeah. It's just like they meet, they start to date, they meet the family you know, chaos ensues and then the wedding actually happens and then we're done. And it's it's a feel good uh, sort of experience, too. But like there was something you said about, oh, it's just like all the male dominated culture of like the immigrant mentality as well, too. Like mm-hmm. especially like uh, Keon and I, I think Keon and I quote this movie more than any other movie. Wow. That we've seen in the house so many times. Anytime I say something that's like rights. I will say, I will say, like, you see a man and just like point to my head. Um, and he says it too. And then I like right. slap him. Right. Um, but it, there's so many quotes in here that we just toss out to each other uh, all the time. And I, I didn't really fully realize it until I was doing this, like, you know, sort of uh, fast forwarded rewatch, uh, Andrea Martin style. But um, mm. it's especially all the women. I mean, it, there's the women in this movie are incredible. And like, We'll talk about Lainey Kazan because I feel like we have to. Oh, yeah. Even though Andrea Martin is our focus today, too. So much of the movie is is Lainey Kazan mm-hmm. uh, and, and her performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's uh, in the same way that we've had, you know, uh, Tyne Daly and Caroline Aaron or, yes. you know, others. Oh, the you, duos. The duos. Yeah. You know, Melanie Griffith. Or no, not Melanie Griffith. Uh, Joan Cusack and Sigourney Weaver. Like, the, it, yes. it's... It's different from like best supporting actress and assistant to the best supporting actress. It's just you have two best supporting actresses, each doing yeah. their own thing. Oh, um, I know. Yeah, Lainey Kazan. I I I remember that she was in this, and I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I've seen Lainey Kazan in so many things. I think I know what I'm in for. And this was like top shelf Lainey Kazan. I mean, that it really is that scene in the bedroom when she when she's talking about, you know, my village has seen many wars and then she gets yes. choked up. I was like, Lainey fucking Kazan. I, I know. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's so perfect. I think this, <laughs> it's like the perfect movie. I can't, 
explain how much I love this. And I think that there, even before I met Keon, really, too, like, I... I think it was just something that like my whole family could watch and like very rarely does that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Where um was there I think I feel like it's a Seinfeld bit where he's like the the phrase like fun for the whole family. Does that really exist? There's always one person that's not having a good time, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is right. so true, but I really feel like most people could latch on to something or find something. And and maybe most of the time that's probably women that latch on to it, mm-hmm. but um I'm sure the men probably get something out of it in their own little way, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like there's lots of men who identify with or see the humor in her father. And, like, I, there was even, I mean, elements of, like, her father, Gus. So they even reminded me of, like, my stepdad, who's, like, you know, Irish Catholic, you know. Yes. Uh, 1800th generation American, you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Yes. That That translating across all nationalities i guess yeah in a way uh and he's great too my yeah. lord i mean everything he's almost like a bsa in his own right too if we if we were to do like a formal top five he would have been in my top five for sure yeah yeah he's great um yeah now of course the question is uh, being such a big fan of my big fat greek wedding where do you stand on the sequel and the short-lived yeah. tv show Okay, so I have seen neither, which is <laughs> crazy to me, especially after I just gushed about this is my like one of my yeah. top five movies of all time. Um, it just kind of slipped away. It wasn't me intentionally saying like I will never see that. Like I, there of course was probably a small part of me that was like, oh, is it gonna be as good as the be- like the first one or like mm-hmm. what are they doing here? I was excited for it. I think Keon and his mom went to see it. I think he went to New Hampshire when it came out. I think it was only like two years ago or something like that, right? Or three years ago? Um, 2017, I, 2018? That sounds about right. I can yeah. certainly look it up because I have the IMDb open because nice. I am a lost woman without it. But So yeah, this came out in 2002 and then the sequel came out in 2016. 2016. Okay, so four years ago. Yeah. Um, and Keon said it was fine. It was good. It, w- it wasn't, you know... Nothing's ever going to be the original, but um, there were some new, you know, plot lines, I guess. Like, the mm-hmm. whole plot is basically, like, uh, Lainey Kazan. Like, they find out that, like, uh, like uh, I almost forgot her name. I was, oh, I was telling Nia Vardala. No, oh, Nia oh, Vardala oh uh, Tula. Tula, Tula. Sheesh. Um, that, like, her parents aren't officially married or something like that, so they have to, like, make that happen. Like, something wasn't signed or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Um, so, so there's fine. another wedding. I <laughs> see. Yeah, okay, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just it's almost like when it's like a best-selling author, you know what I mean? You're always going to buy the second book, even if it's garbage. Um, not saying that it was, but I, I think that... Uh, I just never got around to it. And I also, it's the same thing for like Mamma Mia. I love Mamma Mia. We should do an episode of Mamma Mia. Oh, God. Um, but I will never, I, I I wouldn't say I would never see the sequel. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, the Mamma Mia, here we go again. It's like, okay, I don't really know what's going on there, but I, I mm. guess I'll watch it. Um, yeah. I feel like I've heard what I understand, the little I know of both my Big Fat Greek Wedding 2 and Mamma Mia 2 is that they are. Um, somewhat of disasters or just like sure. not they they don't capture the magic of the of the original um i'd have to revisit mamma mia because i remember seeing it 
there and well, you know, I'm a different I'm a different audience when it comes to musicals. But oh yeah, uh, I certainly remember Pierce Brosnan singing on the beach, and it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, yeah. it was not. Yeah, the sand was not the only thing that was gritty. And yes. I, uh, I, so I feel like it, it makes sense to me in a way that like when there's something that's so kind of like lightning in a bottle good as my big yeah. fat Greek wedding. It's almost like, oh, anything else is going to be derivative of that or is never going to match up to that. And I feel like there was something else we were talking about or something maybe we were talking about in R8 Mary where it's like you like when things are these kind of like surprise hits and then people like for with like, for example, my big fat Greek life, which came out in 2003 and like totally failed. It's like you can't recreate that magic like that part of the magic of my big fat Greek wedding was having no idea how magical it was when they were making it. And I yeah. think that's like, like the temptation is to capitalize on the success of that. But it's like, that's eight times out of 10, you just kind of end up doing like the, you know, the the flat diet soda version of it, you know? Yeah, it's like All Stars 2, not mm-hmm. the good, I was take just it back to Drag that. Race, but they yeah. had no idea that that was going to be such a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and they've been trying to, capture it ever since yeah or even just like the final the final four lip syncs it's like sasha velour like you're never going to capture that magic again right and i just picture that like that lineup of like what was it like i think the season 10 with aquaria and like cameron michaels Uh and and, uh, eureka o'hara they were all like wrapped up they're like i wonder if anyone's gonna do a reveal oh god yeah they are yeah i was just thinking Um, of that it was like that was the the perfect example of trying to recreate the magic was you know, the, like especially like Eureka in three layers of of looks and Aquaria wearing that like aluminum wonton. It was like okay. I mean, <laughs> aluminum wonton. It was. It yeah. was. Yes, that's really good. Uh, but yeah, I did not watch the TV show. I think even. Ugh, I mean, I think everyone returned except John Corbett, mm-hmm. and like, there's. I think he knew. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, right. I think at that point too, it's just like, it's capitalism at its best. It's like okay, we made a lot of money off of this how can we extend the life of this Mm -hmm. and keep going and then you know the artistic integrity of it all is just like washed away at that point too and it's like and of course like i get why the whole cast would say yes because why would you not um say yes but you know john corbett was doing he's like i gotta film sex in the city season six or whatever you know whatever he was up to at the time i don't know um, I think he claimed that there was some other like movie or TV role that he took, and so he had to t- he had to turn down the TV show. But like, yeah, I also wonder if he was just like, mm. like he had like a smart agent who was like, okay, John, I know it's tempting, but like, yeah, st- stay on this course, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, so should we get more into uh, Andrea Martin? I think, yeah, That's... yeah, um, <clears throat> Andrea Martin being like. You know, in terms of whenever when I would think back on this movie, and obviously not having it watched it as many times as you have, like that was just like the role that stuck out to me. Like I just remembered, I like I was I didn't know all the I didn't remember all the details, but I was like, oh yeah, Andrea Martin is a kooky aunt in that, and that's that's all I need. Like that's yeah, that's bait on the hook. So, um, and of course, Andrea Martin is you know. Uh, BSA in my life adjacent because of course she yes. is on three time 
Best Supporting Actress of the Week winner, Julie Klausner's <laughs> show, Difficult People. How do you like that transition to a Julie Klausner-related topic? I, I think I said this when we talked about doing this. I was like, oh, yeah, I would totally do a Big Fat Greek Wedding because we can talk about Andrea Martin, and that will lead to segues to Difficult People. Yes. So I'm fulfilling on my promise. Yeah, I need, honestly, I need to do a rewatch because I watched all three seasons. She's everything that, like, I, I don't know why it's such a... Uh, like a a blind spot for me because I love Julie Klausner. And I remember I had like a little bit of time getting into the, like the tone of the show. I wasn't sure. Cause like it's, it's adjacent to the podcast, but it's different for sure. Like I'm so used to her podcast personality. Mm -hmm. And there are of course traces of that in the writing and the humor and even Julie's character herself too. So I was, it took me a little moment, but um, Andrea Martin is, she plays her mother and she's everything that you would ever want mm-hmm. Andrea Martin to be. And I'm so glad that, like, they got her for that. And it's honestly, a, like, a believable pairing, but the two of them. Yeah, it is. Like, because I've, I've recently, like, just, you know, rewatched the show over and over. And it was like, oh, yeah, I see how this works. Like, this is great. It's a great pairing. I love the way that Andrea Martin says the name Julie. Yes. Um, oh, Julie. Like, she, like, munches yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Julie. Yeah, Julie. Um, yeah, it's uh, ha- no. Have you um, prior to difficult people and my big fat Greek wedding? Like, what did you know Andrea Martin from? That's what I was just thinking. It's like I, I know there are things, but honestly, like gun to gun to my head, I couldn't think of like three other Andrea Martin roles. But as soon as you name them, be like, oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. And I might even pull my phone up just to kind of look for a point of reference, but I can't think of anything, Colin. Yeah, the, I um, I mean, what I knew her from, and this is so Freaky Friday that I would have a musical reference, but uh, I know her from the musical My Favorite Year, which she won a Tony yes. for. okay. Um, and so, because when I was in high school and I was in the musical theater, you know, department, whatever, the group, the drama <laughs> club, as the case may be, and... Uh, you know, the, every season, you know, because we did two, you know, we did two musicals a year, and so you know, leading up to each one, uh, there was all the deliberation of, oh, what are we gonna do this year? Like, what are the contenders? And at one point, I think they were considering doing my favorite year, and so of course, everybody starts sure, picking out yeah. which roles that they research, would want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so she, there's a great, uh, the 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 track on the on the album is like two songs on one, but she does this song with with this other woman in the show called the duck joke that is so good it is i i i will send it to you it is so good it is such good andrea martin uh and i love so that, that you was, know that and i don't i mean i know she won a tony for that but yes go on go on oh yeah it's i mean i like and obviously like i've seen like because you know again like doing research on it when when I thought oh I might play that character I found a lot of pictures but I I mean I and there's a movie version of it but I don't believe Andrea Martin is in it got it uh but she is uh everything you want her to be um other than that I knew that she was on SCTV one of her most infamous impressions is of Brenda Vaccaro doing oh a Tampax ad so there's a Brenda Vaccaro Andrea Martin connection there wow yeah and she was in this classic horror movie, Black Christmas, in like 1974, um, and she was great in it. She 
uh, it's like a you know sorority sisters getting killed by a mysterious killer. Interesting. Uh, you know, and it's great. It's a really great movie. But she plays one of the sisters, Barb, um, or Phil. She plays Phil. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, so I think that's those are my oh those are all of my Andrea Martin references up until this point. Great. I love that um, Broadway is one of them too because she won a Tony for Pippin. I think that was in mm-hmm. 20, it came out in 2013, so maybe it was the 2013 Tony or 2014, I don't know, sometimes that's a year later, but, um, in which she, like, stopped the show as well, too, it was the one, it was like a, because mm. uh, that was the, the, the Pippin revival with uh, Bettina Miller, where it was all, like, a circus theme, so she was doing, like, mm-hmm. silks, and, um, I th- and, uh, I will say, Julie Klausner talks about that a lot in her podcast, which is great. I I, I heard their interview where they I so I've heard them talk about it there, but I uh yeah, I'm I will look for I will look for any other Andrea Martin adjacent content. Yeah, you know, I I believe on it's on YouTube. It probably has to be at this point. God bless mm-hmm. YouTube. I tell you what, there's like so many things that like you know, that we just think of like BSA related that are available, mm-hmm. which is so lovely, um, in a way. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's okay. that's how I want my baby got into our lives. Yes. Oh my gosh, one <laughs> potato, two <laughs> potato to finish that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I really I knew she was S, uh, in SCTV and like um, and and in that sort of like that crowd. But uh, other than that, I really didn't know her from things. But I did know her. Like when when I saw my big fat Greek wedding, I was like, oh, it's that lady. And what was I? Mm-hmm. I was I was like a. It was in 2002, so I was, like, a sophomore, junior in high school as well. Not that I was, like, young, young, but, like, I was just, like, mm. you know, I was doing my own thing, watching Moulin yeah. Rouge you on were repeat young. in the basement. I, I wasn't young. Oh, we haven't said that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're not young. You're not young. Um, yeah. But, yes, watching Moulin Rouge in the basement, that is, like, boy, does that sum up being a, a, a high school sophomore in the early Yes, 2000s. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so that's pitch perfect is watching something vaguely gay in the basement. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. Story of my life. Um, yeah. But so to talk about um, Andrea Martin within this movie, too, it's like I think that there's so much of uh, she has a great entrance. Like I, I think like the whole uh, just whirlwind of like capturing uh, Tula's family and like entering the restaurant and they all do things together. They're always in each other's lives, too. Mm. And the way that she's, like, constantly nagging her husband. Like, you couldn't wait for me? I love that. When she's, like, right. talking to her husband. And just for the sake of nagging, too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I get that aunt energy. But you still love her. I know exactly that type yeah. of aunt. Who's just maybe a little extra. Yeah. But um, but she's also the most fun. Yeah. I feel like she, like, that was, uh, that was, like, what I enjoyed about her right away was like, oh, you're that aunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're like, and, and like, if you need something, like, I feel like the whole thing of her helping Tula get the job at the travel agency, I was like, yeah, this is that aunt that does that. Who's like, okay, what do we need to do? Who like will conspire with you to work within like the, the knotted root of your family to figure out how to make something happen. Like she, it's almost like an older cousin. Yes. She'll like, she'll like be kind of a um an accomplice yes oh that's one of my favorite lines of hers in the entire movie when she i i sent you that gif yesterday too when she's like Mm -hmm. listening to tula and she's like taking it and then she goes of course the way she says of course it's like like so over the top oh god i just love her but i but i agree i think that she is 
like you see she's always like the first one taking shots she's at the bar at the mm-hmm. wedding she's with all the men at the bar taking shots like i just think she is she's kind of i don't want to call her like the drunk aunt i feel but that's part of her mm. that's part of her essence i feel i don't think that's all of her essence i feel that she's just um she's the life of the party i would say yeah yeah and i feel like in terms of her her role in the movie and her scenes and kind of like where Andrea Martin appears, I feel like she has, I would say like at least like three little set pieces, yes. you know, where <clears throat> there's the scene where they have to convince Gus that it's his idea that Tula goes oh, to work at the travel yes. agency. And, and like, again, like this is kind of like the no crying in baseball scene. Like there's no Tom Hanks without Biddy Shram and there's no Andrea Martin without Laney. Yes, of course, scenes, you know, um, you know, if not like more equally, because Lainey Kazan is really kind of driving that scene a lot as yes. well. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, but I, I love that line of like, okay, tell me what to say, but don't tell me what yes. to say. Yes, uh, like, Keanu and I say that all the time. Because uh, <laughs> Maria and Vula are sisters. Is that that's what I'm? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking that too, and I never even questioned her relationship to the family. But that makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I was trying to follow, uh, yeah. like, the scene when Ian's parents come to the house and Gus is kind of in- introducing everyone. I was like, okay, wait. And I was, like, listening for Vula. Yeah, but he's not out there. Or she's not out there. Yeah, yet. yeah. So I that's my sense. And it would make sense that, like, Maria and Vula would kind of, like, be the ones to work together and to bicker like that. Like, yes. these are sisters. Yes, yeah. exactly. I, lo- <laughs> I love during that scene where it almost, like, falls apart where Gus is like, well, Nikki. Oh, we have to talk about cousin Nikki. Oh, too, you bet we will. Too, but uh, yeah, we will. Um, but he kind of solves the problem, mm-hmm. and Andrea Martin is like, "That would be good." That would be good. And she's <laughs> like, "That would not be good." And then she explains like she doesn't know the computers, and she's like, "That's why that's no work." Yeah. Keon and I always say that around the house. Uh, um, and oh, it's just so. And good. those little moments, like it's. I think the benefit of having someone like Andrea Martin is that she can do those like micro shifts where she yes. can just say, mm, that would work. Oh, that would not work. Like it's, yes. she, she barely the changes the tone, but it's enough to totally get the joke. And they're just like playing him the whole time too. I just, I love the idea that, I mean, the women always know what's going on yeah. and are kind of secret. Uh, oh, I mean, just the line itself, like, the man is the head of the house, but the woman is the neck, and she can turn the head any mm-hmm. way she wants. I think that is such a great line. It's funny, but it's also so true. And I just like, especially in the next scene where yeah. she yells at him. She's like, I cook, I clean, I raise three children for you, and I teach Sunday school. I just like love that line, yeah. too. I'm glad I have you here to tie my shoes for and me. my shoes. Yeah. And he's like, Maria. That's how he says it. Oh, <sighs> so great. And the way that but, she um, like then saunters out of the bedroom and is just kind of like, you know, kind of just uh, whistling uh, to herself. It's like, oh, that's a great demonstration of being the neck. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Be the neck, ladies. Um. But I, I just think, and so I, there's not too much I have more to say about, I mean, I'm, I'm just like restraining everything to just like not quote the entire scene as well too. But I think that that scene definitely is kind of our first like real taste of her. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as just like a real feature, because there's when she walks in at the beginning and then like Nikki and Angelo come in. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, let's talk about Nikki. Cousin uh, Nikki. Nick. I love that she has 
the quote-unquote like problematic children but not necessarily problematic just like the apple doesn't fall f- too far from the tree mm-hmm. especially with nikki yeah I, I know i feel like that made sense because like they are such like not cartoon characters but they're just such caricatures in a way and like played yeah. up that way like they're played up to be kind of ridiculous that i feel like it makes sense to have them be the cousins and not the siblings because it might be like too much but i guess it's also yes. with this family it's hard to tell the difference between cousins and siblings cuz everyone is is over and in the house and in each other's business which yeah oh man i mean not to tangent but oh too much way too much for me that is not that is not my upbringing i mean i have like like 19 cousins on my mom's side of the family but it's spread mm-hmm. out enough that it never feels like we all have our like emotional stuntedness and resistance to getting to in each other's business. So, yes, I mean, let it be known that I feel that we are the Ian Millers of the movie. I don't mm. think we're and and yes, I, <laughs> I'm his mother. If anything, oh god, bunt, bunt. That's one of my favorites. I mean, <laughs> oh the way god. that she like bites that word. Yeah, um, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to yeah. it. Yeah, um, and so now. Nikki, Nikki and Angelo are played by uh, Gia Carides and Joey Fatone. Yeah, Joey um, Fatone. Gia Carides, I was like, why do I know that name? But she's an Australian actress. And no way. she is. I know. So she is Australian. And then uh, Louis Mandalore, uh, if I'm saying his name correctly, or Louis maybe, who plays her brother Nick, is Australian as well. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not to jump around too much, but before I forget, I kept thinking that the brother Nick was the hot priest from that episode of Sex in the City that oh. Samantha wants to have sex with. But Interesting. Uh, that's yeah. his brother. That's that actor's brother, Whoa. Costas Mandalore. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. That's some deep diving there, Colin. Yeah. 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 IMDB to the rescue. Some but anyway. Investigative journalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know who's in Leslie Stahl. You've got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> I secretly always wanted slash thought, wouldn't it be great if like the brother was gay? Cause there's like all of these sort of hints towards that, you know, and like, don't worry, you'll get, he's like, I'll get married eventually one day pop. And he's like, there's no rush for you, you know? And then he wants to be an artist, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if it would, like, I would love it. I would have loved for that, but it, it also just, there was no, not enough time in the movie because mm-hmm. it just, uh, we don't need it, but it would have been great. I was convinced. I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, Nick is gay. Like this yeah. whole thing of like, they're waiting for him to marry a virgin. He's like, I'll marry someone. I'll marry someone. And then when they ask, oh, where were you last night? You know, no, like, not answering any yeah. of the questions, just the way that he styles himself, maybe for my own selfish reasons. I was like, oh, I would love for this guy to be gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am, I am very into that idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had the same thought. I kept thinking, okay, at some point he's going to come out. And like, I have no idea how this family responds to gay people. I mean, yeah, that would have been so fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now... Just not, I was going to say, speaking of gay people, but what can I say? Uh, <laughs> feelings on Joey Fatone. <laughs> you know what? I think that he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are so many, uh, like the one line that I always cringe and I'm like, oh, is uh, like, I think when the brother's first like starting to rag on Ian 
And he he says, like, I'll kill you and make it look like an accident. And mm-hmm. he's like, right, Angelo? He's like, hey, Ian, we're going to kill you. whoop And I'm just like... Oh, yeah. This I, is uh, fine. It's yeah. fine. It, th- there's nothing spectacular, but there's certainly nothing... It's not abysmal. I'm like, all right. I don't know who else I would have rather have seen. And, like, it was such a random casting, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It was like this... It it doesn't feel like enough to be like stunt casting because it's not like Justin Timberlake and I'm not saying that Joey Fatone's nobody but I mean yeah. he's, he's more than I am but it just felt like oh are you guys like friends like did yeah, Nia and Joey know. go back you know and I feel like I've heard that he's like a really nice guy so like I I feel bad rag on him but I wonder if someone else had that role like. I mean, it's not really a juicy role anyway. Like, Nikki is mm. far the far more interesting one. But, like, yeah. I love when she punches him. And uh, Andrea Martin says, be a lady. I love oh, that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that to Keon every once in a while. Too. <laughs> a I lady. love that you guys both have, like, see a man and be a lady. Like, oh, I, yeah. We really run the gambit of yeah. every single angle of <laughs> my big yeah. Greek wedding quotes. Right. Um, so, uh yeah, so okay, so let's talk about. Um, we've talked about. I mean, I, any other thoughts before we move on from cousin Nikki from Gia Caridis? No, I was gonna. I mean, I was gonna say let's jump into like the Easter celebration. But if you mm-hmm. had another thought before that, go for it. No, I think that is perfect. I feel like the Easter yeah. celebration is where we also get our next like Andrea Martin Aunt Vula set piece. Oh yes, I I, I mean even because I watched it with subtitles too, and there's just so much that she says. She's like, "We never think it would happen for you, never, never." Oh. She's and like, she "Tucky, like didn't in- we say that? Never." And then and it comes, lo- <laughs> and she looks like indignant when she's saying it. Like she's got like pure, yeah, like pursed like- lips. We never thought it would happen. Oh, <laughs> it's so perfect. And like, yeah. I just feel like there's something about like. Uh, like Keon's aunts that I would just like, they just like would speak their mind. I'm not saying that they are in any way Aunt Vula's of their own, in their own right too. But I think it's just like in general, like uh, from what I know about Keon's family and like in other sort of, we're watching a lot of, um, oh, well, never mind. That's a tangent. Never. I, I won't go down that road route right now. But um, it's just that everyone is free to speak their mind and say mm-hmm. whatever they want to, which mm-hmm. I'm not used to. So for that, for someone to say that isn't as offensive as it sounds, I guess, too. And Andrea mm-hmm. Martin makes it funny. And yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel like this is, it. it's that thing of this is just the way that they speak to each other sure. and that there isn't yeah. like uh sort of a um i mean i think there probably are some moments of being passive aggressive and whatnot but i feel mm-hmm. like moments like that is just kind of um sort of unbridled honesty and like frankness yeah i i was interested one of the things i don't know if this is in other arabic countries or anything like that too but um kihan told me that you are free to tell someone <clears throat> that they are getting fat in, mm. in Lebanon, you, it's it's not necessarily like a huge insult. It's more like an observation like, oh, you've gained weight. It's not necessarily right. like, oh, you've gained weight. It is kind of that. It's a little bit of both. It's like a, it's a statement. And it's also but it's not necessarily like a huge dig. But it's like, oh, you've gained so much weight. Um, but right. it's, it's, it's okay to say that, which is like, this is not in any way comparable. But it is like, you know, we never thought you'd get married. You're so ugly. You you would never like, but that is mm-hmm. kind of the subtext of this too. But it is funny 
for the movie's sake too, that sort of frankness as well. Yeah. And I feel like that moment when, when Tula, you know, introduces Ian to everybody and they all kind of like charge towards him. Like, Oh, Ian, like that is, I feel like I have seen that two seconds of footage a thousand times. Like it was in the trailer for a year. Yes. Uh, yes, That moment. Like I just like, if there was one of those like five second trailers for a movie, you know, like, you know, coming up next on, you know, uh, on TNT, like that would be in the five seconds is that little moment. That's pretty much my big fat Greek wedding summed up in a micro moment. Oh yeah. With, with Aunt Vula at the charge, like at the lead. Yeah. She's the first one. And I love that she is. I love that she's like kind of the, um, the ambassador in a way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. of the family yeah uh and then we get that scene where tula and ian and uh are over by the bar and then vula comes over and (sighs) i i don't know at what point and maybe you read this as well and i don't know at what point Mm -hmm. this was an ad lib but uh vula grabbing ian's hair and kind of just like and holding it. It was all just yes. because she forgot her line. I and they know. And just like went with it. Uh, what was she supposed to say? But in a way, I don't even care because this yeah. was, uh, let me touch your hair. And then she says, and then she says, let me. That was in the subtitle. She says, let mm-hmm. me like under her breath. And then she just holds it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's perfect. It is uh, so perfect. And when Tula like then says, okay, all right, Vula. And then she goes, mm, okay. And okay. like pulls her hands back. And that's just like pure Andrea Martin. Like I love that all of that was just her coming up with shit in the moment. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and, and honestly too, like the next thing that does happen, the biggest line of this entire movie in ways mm-hmm. is like, you don't eat no meat. Um, <laughs> that's probably like for me, that should be like in the AFI, like top 10 quotes of, of all time, really. Like, mm-hmm. I think if there's one thing that you take away that, like, my family said, like, you know, ad nauseum after we saw this movie for, like, the le- next, like, three weeks after, it was that line. But yeah. it's so perfect. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and, and the way that she, because <clears throat> that's another example of she'll, she changes, like, the tone of it just slightly when she repeats it, where she's like, you don't eat no meat? Yes. You don't eat no meat? Like, she, yes. she like... It's like it just gets a little bit more like elevated. And I love, I mean, again, then when she's like, that's okay. That's okay. I'll make lamb. Like yes. the two that's okays are brilliant. Like the second one is so like, no, no, no. Like it's almost to everybody. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll make lamb. <laughs> like it's so, instead of them, instead of her like leading the charge of attacking the vegetarian, she's like, oh, no, no, no. No, this is fine. I'll fix this. It's yes. so, it's so your aunt, the ally. You yeah. Know? And then she just like turns around and like starts dancing and it's perfect. Oh God. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, And so then I feel like the next. Yeah. Is, the, the, is next... the big introduction to the family. Like the, uh, yeah. the, the party, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. Like uh, it's just the Millers meeting the Portocalluses. Yeah. And it's, I mean, oh God, when, when the, when that, you know, uh, hot teacher Jeep pulls up, yes. when that Wagoneer pulls up outside the house, I'm like, oh, John Corbett, between this and Aiden, like you need to stop. I know. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not a fan of long hair, but it, he makes mm, it work. He really does. Yeah. I would forgive it. I feel like, you know, there's always things where you're like, okay, well, there's compromise. Hot and, like, teacher Jeep. I'm just taking that in. That's, that's so <laughs> yeah. true. It's so true. Yeah. Oh man. Um 
And like, yeah, I feel like his mother, and I should look up this actress's name. She's I looked her up before. She's a Canadian actress. Oh, interesting. Um, she is uh, incredible. Let's see. So I think, well, it's, you know, Harry. Uh, Fiona Reed played Harriet Miller. Um, yes. In some ways, I mean, like this scene is obviously so much about uh, Tula's family and, and, you know, we'll get to the moment with Lainey Kazan in a second, oh, but like Harriet almost steals the scene. I mean, the, the, the bunt line, the, the way that her lips like press against her teeth and the different ways that she goes bunt, bunt. And then even like her husband going, it's okay. You know, like, like calming her. Yes. It, it's, it, I think that is, I think that one way that she says bunt when she gets the most upset <laughs> is almost like the funniest line in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's, Perfect. And 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 it works so well off of Lainey Kazan's just like, because it's hard to like, I feel that line is hard for Lainey, not, not hard for her, but like to make it sound like she doesn't know what she's saying and the, the different ways mm-hmm. that she chooses to say it. And she's like, oh, oh, bun, bun. Like she is like, she almost gets it or she thinks she gets it, but it's still not right. 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 Uh, and she's wearing that blouse. Oh, Best supporting blouse. Supporting I blouse. need yeah. the way that she comes out. She's like, I am Maria. Like she's just so uh, like sultry in a way, and you feel like immediately like warm and welcome. I just love yeah. her. <laughs> the I colors. Her. Yeah, and I love that. Like this is Maria, like trying to give as as good of a first impression as possible, oh, yes. and just being warm and welcoming. And that shirt is like just genius like costuming like that is exactly what that woman would wear and that is what she would wear if she was greek if she was italian if she was jewish yes which laney kazan has played all of all of these women yes uh this i mean this this may have been from laney kazan's closet i hope it was which is a secondhand store i'm going to open in my 50s laney kazan's closet yes Oh, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Kazan's closet. Um, yeah, it, it's it's magic. It really is. And like the way that she like there's a hole in this. There's a hole in this kick. Uh, it's yeah. just uh, it's perfect. And the way that they fix it later on to we you fixed it. The lady who shouts like off screen. That's right. one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Uh, it's just well, great. So, go ahead yeah it's so good and i and i was gonna say i i was kind of surprised that vula wasn't in the scene but then i feel like well it's it's almost like it would have been too much like you can't like she may have like the the other woman who's kind of the assistant to lady kazan in that moment like one you know one of the sisters-in-law or yeah that yes is, yes yes i feel like they needed a very small character there versus like vula yeah i i agree too and i i could have used more Lainey Kazan throughout the party too, but they both have their moments. Mm. She has Lainey Kazan has the cake. Andrea Martin has the lump. Shall we get to the, the lump. lump? Let's get to the lump. Now this was of course what I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, I had a lump. And like that's that was like the one thing over the past, you know, uh eighteen years or fourteen years, however long it had been since I'd seen this, that I remembered from my big fat Greek yes. wedding was there was a lump. Yeah. And I just love how quickly she transitions into it. I think that's something mm-hmm. that's like <clears throat> very nuanced about like, okay, so all my life. She just goes into it. Like the moment mm-hmm. they said that she's talking about the lamps, the lamps that she makes, the seashells. She's like, right. these are from Mykonos. You like them? I make them. Okay. Uh, all my life and then she just goes into it like there's no right uh, 
there's no precursor. She just goes. I love it. I love, and I love that she says, she's like, you're family now. So it's like, okay, well, now that you're family, I'm going to tell you this. Yes. Like, this is like, everybody knows this story. There have been so many family dinners of people having to sit around and listen to Aunt Vula talk about her twins. Yes. And I feel like this is a brand new audience for her to tell that story. Oh, to. yeah. And uh, the way that she says biopsy, it's just, it's Ugh. perfect. The way that she's searching for that, because I see, it's like when you see someone who, English isn't their first language, too, because, I mean, I don't know a second language. I can't even imagine how hard it must be to learn a second language, too. It's like the word is almost there, but it's mm-hmm. not, and it's still kind of forming at the same time. I think it's just so perfectly executed, the bopsy. And yeah. then, then the final product is just perfect. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But, 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 oh, it's so good. And it's like you have like, she takes her time and, like, the little nuances there. It's so funny. Yes. Inside the lump was my twin. <laughs> it's so it twin. perfect. Were they, what was it that they found? Was it? Uh, a set of teeth. set of teeth and, and a, a spinal, spinal cord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just like. <laughs> it is the perfect set piece for her to, to, to just like. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I got this. This is fine. Like, what a gift mm-hmm. to, to see that on the page and know that Andrea Martin gets to say those words. It's uh, yeah, it's magic. Um, and then after the mm-hmm. story, it's like when the shots come, Uza, uh, and she's like, yeah. another shot. You're Greek now. Don't be shy. Right, it's right. It's great. Yeah. yeah then there, there is the aunt who gets you drunk. Like, that's where it's like when you're on your, like, 21st birthday. Like, she's like, okay, well, now we're going to get you legally drunk. Yes. And it's... Uh, it's great. I mean, in terms of like, I was just thinking like, I, there isn't anyone else I would cast in this role. Like it is yeah, like yeah. all of these little moments, like saying, thinking of like Andrea Martin were saying these lines. It's like, there's not better casting for this role. Yeah. It's, it almost seems like it was written for her in a way that mm-hmm. um, we dealt, or we talked about with other roles too, um, that it was, you know, other BSAs that stuff was written for too. But yeah, I, and we wouldn't have got the let me touch your hair moment. To think that we would not have yeah. that is, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to think of a world where we didn't have that, Colin. It's too, no, it's too much no. to handle. It's too much, not in these dark times. Yeah. <laughs> um, another moment that I felt, I was wondering how much this was improvised or how much Andrew Martin was putting her own little spin on it was on the wedding day oh, when... Yeah. When Lainey Kazan, when Maria enters and then like Vula is like plucking her hairs and then like, hold on, one more big one, one more big one. And like, it's, I mean, we talked about last week, like genius, like comedic acting or, you know, comedic chemistry or just chemistry in general between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks. And I feel like Lainey Kazan and Andrea Martin are like same level of like just really great, like subtle chemistry. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, this might be in my top, like, as far as quotes that Keanu and I say, as far as, like, one big one, that's number one that we say all the time. Um, one, one big one. One, <laughs> one, one big one. Um, but the way that, like, Lainey Kazan is not really even paying attention to Andrea Martin as she plucks the hairs. Mm-hmm. And then finally she looks and she's like, one more, one, one big one. Like, the way that she kind of, like, yells at her. Um, yep. But then she's like, fine. And then she pulls it. And then... Andrea Martin just turns to the camera because they're just looking at a camera. It's hard to like visualize that, but I, I bet yeah. they're all like dying. I I don't know if there's any sort mm-hmm. of bloopers that exist for this film. I've never looked for it either, which is also nuts. But um, I can imagine there was a lot of laughter. 
on set. Yeah, I, I, I think about that look that she gives when then she turns basically to Tula slash the camera. And it's like that is like pure like Andrea Martin, like just that that as if she wasn't just plucking her sister's face. Then she just kind of turns with this just business look on her face. Yes. And it's oh, my God, it's uh, it's just it, uh, it's, it's so it much fun repeating. To watch. It's just so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, though, I mean, those are a lot of the big Vula moments, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, some stuff at the reception. It's like, I, I said, she's mm-hmm. taking shots at the bar. I do love that mm-hmm. she crouches down with the Millers during the speech. It's sort yeah, of like an interpreter yeah, yeah. in ways. And she's like trying to, like I said, she's the ambassador for the family. Like, she's like, let me make sure you're having a good time. And she says, mm-hmm. that's what we do. We, the parents, they give a gift, you know, like she, it's like right. she's explaining. And like right. when he makes the joke about fruit, she's like, yes, we're all fruit. Yes, we're all fruit. Yes, we're all yeah. fruit. Yeah. And that again feels like Andrea Martin just riffing. Of like it's, yes. Um, yeah. I, I like that the, the Miller's, for as kind of uptight as they are, like they're never made like total fools of, or they're, and they're never really like rejected. Yeah. Like there's efforts made to welcome them in. And I think that's, that's like part of this movie's charm is that neither family is like invalidated and like neither is like way of being is invalidated. It's just like, how do you find a way to combine them? Um, It's like, I was, part of me was almost like, wow, they just, Ian just goes along with all of yes. this. And like they do have a traditional Greek wedding and she does let her her aunts and her cousins dress her and put her makeup on and like there's there isn't that like, you know, I'm a grown woman and I need to have the wedding I yes. want and like the family having to acquiesce to that. It's and this makes sense to me kind of going back to your original point of like why this movie was so popular is that for all of those people who are like, yes, this this is tradition and, and family is important and, and this is how we do things and these are all the reasons, this movie doesn't, um, like, neglect that and is kind of, like, honoring that. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I feel like it's, like, that's part of the feel-good charm and that's part of, like, Vula's charm is, like, there's always, you know, a, even if this isn't your tradition, there's a welcoming in of it all. Yeah, I think that's kind of. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I think that there, one thing that kind of, and now I understand a little bit further too, is that after that, like, you know, like uh, cookout on the front lawn sort of scene, and Gus is like upset mm-hmm. because he's like, we we tried everything, we did everything, and they they just happen to be like too wasted to function at the same time too. But there mm-hmm. is a sense of like, um, like even when I met Keon's family for the first time, he's like, you have to go in. You have to say hi to everyone. You should kiss everyone. And in Lebanon, there is a triple kiss. Uh, it is It is not oh just boy. a double kiss. It is a, a triple kiss. So it's a lot of like, and it's like, who, do I do it to the men too? It's crazy. Like I, I was right. going through this whole like existential crisis of like, who do I kiss? How many times? Oh my God. It's like, I'm gay. You know, it's like, I'm... I am the Ian mm-hmm. Miller of this family. Um, and it's, but, right. but they still, like, there is something about it. Like, as long as you go in there and just, like, go with it and roll with it and just, like, hug everyone and participate, you will be fine. So I think that's really the, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say the price of admission, but that's that's kind of, <clears throat> that's, the, that's the game. Because one time Keon brought home uh, a college friend 
who happened to be a girl and it was just like a friend visiting and she had known so much about his family and she walked in and she was like oh my gosh I've heard so much about you and she like hugged everyone it would just like immediately slipped right into that world and his grandmother leaned mm-hmm. over to him and she's like I you should you need to marry her that was like her first line like right. because because she just right. like participated I think that's really all they were kind of asking for in that moment and in in in, in the movie as well too and the fact that they didn't it's like, but how would they know? Because they're the right. Millers. It's right. Just, it's so interesting. Um, but it's also nice to know that you could just be, that it is so welcoming. Because I think that's kind of what they were trying to aim for anyway. As soon mm-hmm. as I would have seen Maria, I would have been like, yes, I'm I'm in. Right, right. It was like, oh, oh, I'll be fine. There's a Maria. She's wearing that blouse. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It's, oh, it's we're going to get good. along just fine. She's the North Star, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> Um, um, speaking of Maria, just to, mm-hmm. to give a, a, a yes, little bit of let's love give to her, some Lainey Kazan is fabulous in this. Yeah. I, you know, I think the moment for, I mean, she's, we've, we've highlighted a lot of her moments, but to, I, it bears repeating that that scene in the bedroom when she, when I think really gives kind of the, the, the thesis for why the movie kind of honors the, the family's culture and honors the family's traditions is like when mm-hmm. she talks about, you know, uh, just like we we did this all for you know we came over here for yeah. you for you to have a life and like how important that is and like what it means to come from a life where um, things were so uncertain and things were so tumultuous and it's like to kind of give a like a human explanation as to why they're so invested in Tula's happiness and why their their version of that is so specific it's like mm-hmm. okay these aren't just overbearing, ridiculous parents. Like these, like I, I can empathize. And if I, if I had come from that same experience, I, I don't see why I would be any different, you know? Yeah. Because I feel that that could easily have been like in another, like an alternate version of the script, you know, a big blowout of some sort, like we mm-hmm. came here for you and you are, you know, you're acting this way and stuff like that. But in a, and, but I love that it, that it was, it was saved for this moment of like just kind of reminding, but it wasn't in a way to like instill any sort of guilt on Tatula. It was just mm-hmm. like, cause I'm sure she has heard this a thousand times as even yeah. when, like, I'm sure there have been blowouts like prior to that too. It's like, we came to this, you know, United States for you and you're, you know, <laughs> you want to get an education. Right. Um, uh, I, I love that line. You see, uh, wouldn't he say <laughs> something about educating women? Gus says uh, that, like when they first find out about Ian. It's, right. It's, uh, so it's like you see, uh, you uh, you let a woman get educated or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. But um, yeah. but it is. It's a beautiful moment. I love that the uh, the the grandmother is there. She doesn't have any lines, mm-hmm. and then they all turn into the mirror, and it's like this beautiful, beautifully like framed shot of the three of them too. It's like mm-hmm. I think that really hits home for like the mothers and daughters who are watching this too, and just like the yeah. generational um, connection between them, and just like a bonding time between women. It's I'm always down for that. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I really, I do think I we have, for myself at least, I feel like that fully answers the question as to like why this movie was so huge. I mean, part of me was like, was this just like you know post nine eleven feel good theater? And it's, yes, oh, I thought the I same mean, thing too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that that's certainly a huge we part of it. it. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you think of how pure this movie is and how like low conflict low stakes in a relative sense it mm-hmm. is 
it's like, yeah, people would be gravitating towards this, but I think the sheer volume speaks to like how many people would gravitate to this and for what, and for what reasons it would speak to them. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Like this is a movie that uh, it's like families told us to go see it. And then once we all saw it, like we told other families and it just kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah. It was, it was the fact that it wasn't just date nights. It was like family mm-hmm. night at the theater. And I, I'm sure there are other movies that I can't think of any right now, of course, but like, up until that point, like the the times that I had been in a movie theater with my parents as an adult, like the whole family seeing a movie, yeah. it's, it's it's they're not they they're a little bit more sparse because then you grow up and you go with your friends. But the fact that I saw this with my parents and like it, like it's just such a novel thing to think of my grandma going to the movies because she mm-hmm. never went to the movies. I think we took both grandmas on either side too, and it was just like a fun time. Um, yeah. Is, is, uh, also kind of fuels that uh, the, the commercial success, I guess. I also love the um, the Lainey Kazan moment when she says to Tula, she's like, so you were having a romance, a little romance, eh? And then she's like, mm-hmm. end it. And then Tula says, I love him. She's like, oh, Tula, eat something. Eat something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I love that that was the the rebuttal. Of course it is. It's just, mm-hmm. just but it's also in a way of saying like, shut you know, shut up, just eat something. Yeah. Like right, put something right. in your mouth because I can't hear it. I can't listen to this yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, she is, uh, she, I mean, she and Vula, it's like if there was a sequel or a spinoff or a prequel, it's like, just give me like more of the, the Vula and Maria story. Like, let me just see Lainey Kazan and Andrea Martin just like riff for a half hour every week. Yes. That I would, I would watch. Oh, yeah. And just her in that kitchen, like, peeling a hundred potatoes. Like, that is mm-hmm. Keon's mother to a T. Just, like, mm-hmm. the littlest celebration can turn into, like, enough food to feed everyone for a week, too. Which right. is right. part of the whole draw of, of just... Right. And it's great. And it's all great food, and everything is homemade. Like, there is not, mm-hmm. like... I mean, there's there's corners, I'm sure, that are... I'm, I'm kind of toggling back and forth between the movie and Keon's mom, too. But um, it's... That's kind of just like what you'd like. Keon talks about his childhood too. And like his grandmother made lunch and dinner every day because they lived with his parents. So it was just mm-hmm. like, that was what she did. And, and now his mom does too. It's, um, I just think food is so important to like every family too. Um, especially like big families like that, that are crazy yeah. and loud. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. The only other thing I could say about <clears throat> my Big Fat Greek Wedding is the music is also like profoundly early 2000s feel good. <laughs> Plinky guitar, keyboard. Like it's yes. just, it's so, um, oh, I, like every time the music would start, I was like, oh, what a simpler time. That, oh, that yeah. music, you know? It's like the music with Ian walking by the front window mm-hmm. in there like that sort mm-hmm. of like it's sort of mm-hmm. like that uh synthesizer quality almost yeah too. it's so funny but that's a great scene when he gets beaten by that lady with the purse too mm-hmm. um and also her like do you want to see some brochures and then she gets like caught with her wire it's 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 just like classic but i i like some slapstick comedy every once yeah. in a while i think it's uh it's deserved and earned in this movie yeah uh, that was the that's the other part of the five second trailer is that moment. Yes, it's, it's her getting it pulled back by the headphones and then the family rushing Ian at, at Easter celebration and yes. then maybe like a shot of them in the in the limo at the end. Yes, uh, with a side of Windex. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was the other thing that stuck out. But I, I, mean, yeah, I, I think feel so. like yeah, and it's like even if if your family isn't specifically Windex, there's always that thing of like, oh, just do this, that'll solve it, or like that, like like my grandfather, my mother's father, like his way of like like fixing plumbing was to like tie a string to like just lead the leaking water to like a bucket. You oh know? yes, yes. And it was like he always had just these like duct tape and string kind of solutions to things and i feel like that kind of speaks that every family has like ugh, you know that's their go-to solution and uh yeah it's yeah the universality of this movie is uh really genius like i i at first i was like i can't believe the script won and i was nominated for an oscar but when you think of it from that level of like mm-hmm. it somehow spoke to so many people i think it's deserved yeah, absolutely. It, it rem- in ways, in ways, I'm not saying this is a direct comparison, but it reminds me of Bridesmaids and the fact that like that movie was so big and like Melissa mm-hmm. McCarthy got nominated and Kristen Wiig also got nominated for like best original, I almost said best original score, uh, mm-hmm. like screenplay as well too. I feel like there are some parallels between that. Like just, it was a good script and it was like a big movie and i think that those two mm-hmm. are that's enough to really like kind of fuel the fire to get you to the oscars too and i'm so glad she has that like oscar nominee nia vardalos like i just yeah because uh, she hasn't had like a another i mean it's hard to have a success like that again oof, but i, I feel know. like <clears throat> i feel like her subsequent movies and scripts and whatnot have not been as huge yeah but she probably never has to work another day. Oh her life yeah, if she doesn't want to. I yeah. follow her on Instagram, and uh, she gives good Instagram too. It's fun to kind of follow mm. her. But yeah, there hasn't maybe some Hallmark movies or something. I don't, I, and I know that mm-hmm. there's been like some other things. There was oh, what was it called? Now I will never remember it. But I feel like there was one other stab at something like that was really kind of my big fat Greek wedding adjacent. I could it was my it. life in ruins. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Colin, yeah. you're schooling me today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Musical theater references. I, I know. Mean, here, this is your top five favorite I, movie. You haven't even looked up if there's bloopers. <laughs> Reading me to filth. Oh, how dare you? Oh. I, oh, um, man. I'm looking at one more line, too. As far as, like, um, I told you that Gus would have been in my BSA of... Mm. Uh, top five sort of situation too but the line why you want to leave me is just mm-hmm. ingrained in my dna at this point too and Keon and i also say that to each other a lot like if he's just leaving the room <laughs> i'll just right. say it and pretend right. to cry um <laughs> it's great uh, I, I i just think he's such a cornerstone as much as the women um are a part of this, like really lead the movie. It's he's also really like a crucial part of that too. He's, yeah. I mean, he's the yeah. conflict in the movie. It doesn't exist without him too. So I just, mm-hmm. I love that. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I feel like there are elements of this that are reminiscent of Moonstruck. Oh or at yeah, least, like, I could see that. Would feel influential. I feel yes. like the parents, like Olympia Dukakis, and I don't remember who. I don't remember all the the actors in the in the family, but I feel like. There is a similar vibe. Yes, especially with Olympia. I definitely think that, like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, she's a great... I mean, that's... We should cover that sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Great. Well, any other thoughts on my big fat Greek wedding? No, I think... I mean, I'm trying to... I'm sure there will be things that after... um, after we stop recording, I'll be like, oh, I didn't mention that. And Keon will ask Mm. me, oh, did you talk about this? And I'll be like, oh. But I think I... I covered everything. The one thing he wanted me to cover was that Andrea Martin's line was uh, 
improvised, but we already covered that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. So we, we good. checked that box. Good. Well, in that case, then I think the all that's left to discuss is our final segment of uh, the episode, which, of course, is the BSA of the week, which, uh, as our longtime listeners know, but it's always worth repeating, uh, is a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you got? Nominees, winners, what do you got? Yeah, I'd say I got an, I mean, I will say my nominee is Julie Klausner because after, <gasps> I, no, and it's like Ugh. after we talked about it, I went back and listened to, I just, I can't believe it's such a treasure trove for like eight bucks a year that you get all those episodes to yeah. on the How Is Your Week app. <laughs> and you can pick, like a lot of times too, I should listen to the guests because there's some good content there, but a lot of times I will solely just listen to her monologue mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. move on. Same. And I just, it's really hard to put into words how specific and how like connected I feel to her humor. Um, mm-hmm. And like her, how specific her humor is and like how like sarcastic and at times just like really kind of crossing the, like you said, it's like she is... Um, like the Joan Rivers of our time, but like it's like mm-hmm. and people know about her, but I I want more people to know about Julie Klausner, and I think a lot of people do know her, obviously because of the podcast and how long she's been doing that podcast. My gosh, like she it was like yeah. 2013, 2014. I'm listening to episodes around then, and um and she still does them, and I know she has the Tom Sharpling podcast now too. But that was my sort of nominee. I've been listening to her, and I, I can't even really like pick out anything that I've listened to that was so funny because oftentimes I, it's there are so many things that it's hard to list or remember them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have to remember that to tell Colin too. But I, I they just forget because I just keep I forget because I just keep listening to the episode too. So that's my nominee, yeah. um, lover. Um, love her. But, I mean, yeah, go, go. The, the, the most important quote is just, love to fuck, <laughs> never been fucked. But I'm willing to try. I'm willing to try. I just, that is, I don't know why that is so funny to me. Yes. And I think it's when she then said it the next episode, just kind of, you know, just did a callback. I was like, oh God, that is, I, for, I love that I know what she's referring to, but I love that she's not making it clear to anybody else who doesn't. Yeah, know. you kind of have to be a part of the universe to get it and i love that i love that a lot yeah um uh but anyway yeah so my bsa of the week and i have been meaning to say this ever since really um really the start of the podcast too my bs of the week bsa of the week is a mr colin drucker (gasps) and all of his and specifically your episode descriptions (laughs) i don't know if anyone reads them but I read every single one, and they're so beautiful. Oh they're so goodness. like concise and like funny, and like I, I really. You went to school for writing. I did. Correct? I did. I'm, okay. I'm just trying so to get my money's sense. worth. Yeah. I know, but like, uh, and I know a lot of times people just skip episode descriptions on podcasts mm-hmm. too. But I'm, I'm gonna give you a plug to, <laughs> to people need to read them because they're so perfect. Oh. And also, because um, I do, Colin does all the episode descriptions, and I like run the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And every week, I like, 
I like sit down and I'm like going to announce the episode. I was like, I, I'll never be, I'll never measure up to what Colin said. And I'm, I, I try not to read them before I um, make the, like the tweet because mm-hmm. I don't want to like plagiarize. Um, but they're so great. And I just want, I, that can easily go unnoticed. And um, I just wanted to celebrate that because they're brilliant. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm so yes. honored. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, uh it's like, all right, let's get that four years of a degree, you know, uh, put the, put it to work and write this description. Yeah. Ugh. Um, you could like make a career out of that. I, just writing podcast uh, episode descriptions. God, can you imagine? Like, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, what a, yeah. I've thought that like whenever, when I'm doing, I'm like, man, what if this was my job was just to write like copy for like podcasts and things. And I mean, I'd probably get bored with just doing copy, but like to, to just get to be like, okay, here's your little, you know blank page like create something oh yeah um, having that little writer fantasy of just getting a cup of coffee and you yeah. know like, i work on my on my own i make my own rules and you just don't have a schedule oh. and you can like go wherever you want that is the dream that's really. the real dream that's the real fantasy here yeah yes um yeah well thank you and you know that that is shared content so if you want to steal it and use it for the tweets i am not okay. offended um not you know only if you need it um, yeah, well, thank I'm, I'm I'm so honored. I uh, yeah. Uh, to quote Beatrice Strait, <laughs> winning her Oscar for Network, it's very heavy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How about you, Colin? Well, I mean, I uh, I I feel like I'm uh, in some ways hijacking my BSA of the week these days, so that I can give mini Smash updates. Um, Ooh, though I know we're gonna do a yeah. formal smash episode once i finish season one yes uh i i mean it just needs to at least be met mentioned that um bernadette peters showed up and within two minutes uh sang everything's coming up roses and it was the whole song the whole whole song song. minus like one because amanda and i did an episode for the pod i think it was for total request pod uh, with Jody, mm-hmm. and we did, and that uh, that episode specifically. Oh, oh, the workshop, the, um, the workshop where the air, the AC breaks, and oh. and Ivy just like slightly messes up, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "You're off your game," right? And I <laughs> so just everyone thought, like piles on her. Yeah, it was like I just felt like that was just stuff that happens in a workshop. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, but go on, go on. Um, so Bernadette Peters, Bernadette yes. Peters, like I, the the. God, the passion, all of the built-up anticipation all day that she brought to singing and daffodils. Like, she just couldn't wait to get to and daffodils. Oh, yeah. Uh, That was nuts. Um, Megan Hilty is great. I mean, she's just great. Leo is, uh, like, I feel like I'm being punked. Like, I just yeah, feel like... it's insufferable. It's insufferable. How did yeah. nobody at any point say, you know, something's not working in this room, you know? Yes. And it's Leo. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a go- he is a good actor. I've heard he's a good actor because I know he's in the movie Brooklyn with um, Saoirse Ronan. Uh-huh. And he kind of plays opposite of her, I think. And I, I think that he's kind of redeemed himself for Smash, too, mm-hmm. but... Lord, what a miscast and just weird role that is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you are not alone and and your comments about Leo, yeah. Yeah, that it's it it, it is just next level bad. Um yeah. and I mean, yeah, Ellis is just insufferable. Oh, you just want to punch him. You just yeah. want to punch him. It's like enough. 
<laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think that, oh, what was it? Oh, God, I, I mean, Catherine McPhee is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with her performance, I don't think. I think it's fine. I think my biggest takeaway right now is, like, it, it, she's being treated like, oh, my God, there is a superstar in the room. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting that vibe. Like, she's so kind of quiet and so kind of reserved that I'm like, how is she the most blinding light in the room right now? Like, that's oh, not I how mean, she's yeah. being played. Her name's Karen, for God's sake. No offense, Karens, but, like... <laughs> When you cast a character who, like, you cast, if you're going to cast a star in a scene, you name her Ivy. Yeah, it's it should be the opposite. It's like Karen should almost be the Broadway vet and yes. Ivy is the new, like, up-and-comer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, this is the genesis of every Smash conversation I've had with oh. anyone who wants to talk about Smash. It, it is, yeah. I'm walking, know, Karen, the, walking the walk, I see. No, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are, and it's, yeah. it's, it's such, I could go on for hours about it too because it is just so wild but it's interesting because like the broadway crowd like in real life we were all rooting for or like or at least the gays that knew megan hilty we're all rooting for megan hilty but i feel like in a sort of um you know sort of what's the when you show a group of test study study group what am i trying to say here uh, um when you show it yeah a control group but something like that yeah like when but like the moms like the midwest moms and other Mm -hmm. people were really latching on the Catherine mcphee so that's why the show like not worked and by any means but like Mm. um there was there was a good enough representation on either side of team ivy and team karen even though team ivy is (laughs) team ivy is in my instagram profile i have like nick achana a podcaster singer teacher and it's like team ivy wow (laughs) Wow. Well, I I think I am, you know, and normally I would go, I'm a Team Karen kind of gal, but like, no, I'm Team Ivy. Yeah, Yeah, you just have to be. And you'll you'll probably go back and forth because Ivy can be pretty mean to Karen in season one, too. Sure, sure. And that's, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, oh, God, Angelica Houston throwing martinis left and right. Has she met Nick, the bartender, yet? Yes, because he came to the workshop. oh that's right that's right so it's like oh is this a thing okay like it's just it's so it's so wildly improbable and like don't tell me but i i think i've called it that christian borrell and leslie odom jr are going to find their way to each other oh yeah that's right you did say that is your prediction yes yeah okay um and i'm almost like oh i don't care tell me but um yeah yeah. no i won't say anything okay Uh, okay. it's just funny to think that Leslie Odom Jr. has such a bit part on that show, and now, like, he's such a superstar. Yeah, and maybe that's why too. I'm thinking that. It's like, oh, he must have a bigger role. He's Aaron Burr. Um, yeah, but he really kind of doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he you see him every... Yeah, he comes... He's there. All right. Um, yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, but the love affair he's got with the lawyer right now, I'm like, oh, God, like, just bland and white. Would you just figure it out, you know? Yeah, the Republican. The Republican. The, yes. Yeah. It's great stuff. Ugh, smash. Smash. I can't so wait for that episode. Yeah, so that's my smash update. Um I uh, I'm I'm going to include your our pal Jubies, Julie Klausner, as a BSA nominee. Okay. Good, because good, good. <clears throat> she is I mean still just going continue, strong. Still going strong. You know, I, I found the episode that she recorded after her first cat, Smiley Muffin, had passed away. Oh. 
And it was, I was like, oh, because I, I was wondering, I knew there were two cats. I know, I and know. And so I kind of found that and I was like, oh, Smiley. And I was like, that's, it wasn't as like, I mean, you know, at some point in the monologue, I was like, okay, oh, this is too much. This is hard. Uh, where's yeah. my, where's Marco? But yeah. I was, I was happy to hear her kind of <clears throat> dealing with it. And it, it makes me worry about Jimmy Jazz. I just, oh. I know. We must protect Jimmy Jazz at all costs. Oh, we Jimmy really must. Jazz. He's just so great. Um, so cute. I'm going to hand my, my, my BSA of the week over to really two, two BSAs, I think, in tandem. I think, you know, the nice. theme of this episode is, you know, women supporting women. And uh, so this is a special mention to friends of the podcast, Amanda and Jody from <gasps> We Love to Hate TV. Uh, some listeners may know who are crossovers that, you know, Amanda sure. had a bit of a, you know, uh, oh my Lord. podcast Armageddon in terms of yes. just some bullshit that happened on the back end and, you know, her account or, her, you know, her whole We Love to Hate, you know, Teen Mom Empire just got temporarily battered um and i am just like so impressed at how she's bounced back and just like yes re reconfigured it and and you know uh and of course with jody's help i mean jody uh has been i i think just as amanda has said on the podcast and it's very clear just the rock in all of this yeah like a fairy godmother fairy pod mother fairy pod mother yeah um and i love that they are like officially now doing you know we love to hate tv and really combining forces and i think um i know keon had designed the logo for that yeah it's super cute i love the colors that he chose yes yeah and it's just like wow like because i mean obviously being podcasters and having a patreon and all that Mm -hmm. i thought oh if that had happened to me, knock on wood, knock on wood, uh, I'd be devastated. Like, and yeah. and all of the the elements of what happened, and you know, allegedly, and you know, in terms of like, I'm not sure. trying to like, yeah, it's, it's you know, complicated, it's complicated, it so but like, complicated. I, I certainly believe that narrative that that's what happened. Um, yeah. it, w- it would be just equally infuriating, you know, in terms of yeah. of who was involved. Um, but I just, yeah, I think it's incredible how that she's bounced back, and I'm really excited to uh, to you know meet to the listen. two point yeah. to listen. And you, you and Johnny were just recently on an episode, right? We're recording it tonight. We're doing. Oh, you're recording it tonight. Okay. We're, what yes. episode are you doing? Uh, I believe. Oh, maybe you can't is... say. I don't know. Oh, I, I think, think I can because yeah. I think she's announced it on on Facebook. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think by the time this is out, or shortly after, I assume. Uh, I think it's Total Request Pod. We're doing All Stars two. Yes, just the whole series. I think like the, one... whole se- the whole se- season. Wow, this is like an overview. So oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just rewatched it this weekend, and it really is. I mean, it was a good example before of like lightning in a bottle. Like yeah, yeah. All Stars two is just peak drag race. So I'm very yeah. excited to uh, to talk about it with them. Great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and that, as they say. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you had another one. I thought you said you were splitting it. I was. Oh, okay, no. Like, it was just, uh, so the BSA of the week is Jody and Amanda. Got it. I yeah. Got yeah. Perfect. And um, that, as they say. And is. that, as they say, is the music. Yeah. Playing us off. Um, so, uh, uh, where, where can people find more of you in this world? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And very soon, very soon, everyone, I will be publishing some TikToks. 
um, some BSA lip syncs. I sent I sent Colin a preview the other day. Oh, it's and and just so we'll good. keep we'll keep it under wraps. We'll keep it under mm-hmm. wraps for now. But I'm starting out with a bang, and I feel good about it. Um, I get a headache every time I try to record it because it's just so much emotion. Uh, that's <laughs> it takes why a she, lot of brain power. Oh, that's why God. she won. It was just I so know, much it's work. I know, it's true. It was, yeah. it was. So that should be coming out soon. So you could follow me on TikTok at Nick Kachanov as well. Same handle. Uh, how about you, Colin? Where can we find you? Uh, we can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. You can find me on All Right, Mary, talking about, uh, well, I guess Canada's Drag Race is wrapping up, and we yeah. will then next be covering Drag Race Holland. Yes. So the hits just keep on coming. I know. Um, and, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yeah, and you can also send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com with thoughts, questions, concerns. Tell yeah. us about Andrea Martin. Yeah. Did we miss anything? What did we yeah. miss? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah. So uh, a, a big thank you, of course, to uh, two-time Tony Award winner Andrea Martin. Yes. Uh, Nia Vardalos and her one-woman show. We didn't talk about that, but it was a one-woman show that turned into this movie, too, which was... It's just awesome to hear that story. That sort of, like, not overnight success story, but um, creating your own content and seeing it, like, rise to this level is really cool. Yeah, that's what I dream of with my podcast description business. (laughs) (laughs) And you're already there. After this episode, it's just going to skyrocket. Yeah, watch out. (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, a big thank you to uh, Lainey Kazan's blouse. Oh, oh God, yes. I have a dream about that blouse. Uh, Louis Mandalore's... Yeah, the way he wears a tank top. Uh, (laughs) And um, John Corbett for... Just being a a beautiful hunk of man. Breaking my heart. (laughs) I know. Beautiful. And that, as they say, is that... (laughs) 